You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Yeah, there's not going to be a uh, you're flying high on the Kiss and Solak show. I'm not going to say it. I refuse to say it. And Ben, best dog on co-host in the game. We have laughed off some of the failures of this team because we lowered our expectations, and rightfully so in some cases. This is not one of them. Uh, I didn't think the Eagles could upset me anymore. I didn't think they could get to me like this. But as I'm watching this game against the Cowboys, I'm just getting mad as hell. That was too pathetic for far too long and every other week we're on here saying oh you're so good when your backs are against the wall like so what they're leaning against the doggone walls several times a year and sometimes several times a game what is it about this team where they can't just kick the ass of an inferior opponent and make it look easy what is wrong with this team and this organization to the point where they have to make blowing out ben Denucci and a historically bad defense that belongs to a team that quit on their coach yeah such a difficult process. Are you kidding me? You're down at half to that mess. Everyone, you, me, BLG, Seamus, that moment where everybody said, and everybody outside of BGN2 and the fan base, the moment that we wanted Wentz benched. Oh, now he wants to play right after that, right? Like he, he wants to play like he has a brain in his doggone head. Finally, after over half of nonsense, they came out with this gimmicky game plan Wentz was on a bad acid trip. Jim Schwartz showed Ben DiNucci respect like he was the ghost of Roger Staubach. It took him three and a half quarters plus to finally unleash the dogs on him. And Doug Peterson has the gall to tell Michelle Tafoya at half, oh, we're only down two points. Right. Hey, Doug, buddy. <laughs> you guess what? You are down two points right read now. Read the room. You're down two points at home to the Cowboys. Yeah. Right? That's not making anybody feel better. Like, this team stinks. This quarterback stinks. He's five years in. He has all the excuses made in the world for him. He's accomplished absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. And he's coddled like a baby by this organization and this coaching staff. They had to get gifted a free touchdown to pull away in this one because Vinnie Curry was 1,000% down with possession. Like, that's the deciding play. That's what you needed to pull away from this team. There are absolutely no winners in this one, especially the people that had Excuse to Excuse you. It. I write the winners-losers column. I decide if there are no winners. And for the second consecutive week, I will decide that there are no winners. Final score, Eagles 23, Dallas Cowboys 9. Philadelphia Eagles move to 2-4-1? Two, 3-4-1. Two Is it Cowboys? We were 2-4-1. Three, four, four, one. One. Yes. NFC East leaders, though, Ben. Yeah. Hey, how you doing, brother? Right, a whole game and a half ahead, I think, in the NFC East. So I don't really know how to do the math with the tie. Uh, everything is delicious. Thank you for asking. Who cares? You, all right, so you opened with the question, why can't this team do anything to start games, right? They're currently, like, I think right around middle of the pack in first quarter points per game. They're they're 
second half point differential has actually been worse than their first half point differential, I think, through through the first seven weeks, if memory serves. But regardless, right, why is offense so laborious to start these games? Because that's the word for it. It's tedious. It's exhausting. It's agonizing, yeah. offense is. I don't think the quarterback and the play caller have ever been further apart in Peterson and Wentz's tenure here in Philadelphia than they were in this in this Cowboys game and they have been this season. Peterson does not trust Wentz. Peterson does not want Wentz to make decisions, make plays, make throws. He the to say kid gloves is a gross misrepresentation. This is like in the movies where like it's like the sleepover of, of the middle school kids and they like decide to try to like, you know, sled down the grand staircase. So they like wrap the kid in bubble wrap and they put oven mitts on his hands. Got a bike coming on. You know, like stupid scene I'm talking about. That's how they're mm-hmm. treating Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. They say kid gloves times 10, right? Where it's, you obviously have the early down runs. They're working. They, they were very heavy on the under center play action rollout game early. So both of Wentz's picks came from under center play action, if, if memory is serving me correctly. They were very much trying to get the deep vertical ball going again. Two three-man route combinations going to the deep intermediates, trying to get Rager working deep. Nothing quick game. Nothing RPO. Nothing crosser. Very little spacing stuff. Right? Which, like, even when Wentz has been bad this year, it's been like, all right, well, at least he can, like, laser a five-yard curl to Greg Ward on spacing. They didn't even want to give him that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So they're, they're, like, we, they didn't want him to make any decisions post-snap at all. Just taking that away from him. You look at the the touchdown drive that they successfully had in the first uh, in the first quarter. Uh, this was, yep. uh, right, to, to end the first quarter. You have uh, you had a zone read run. You had the little orbit motion screen to Jalen Rager. Right, you had a, an off coverage uh, outbreaking right curl route adjust to to Rager. You had the press coverage deep ball fade to Travis Fulgham, and then you had the the Rager motion to the touchdown. Right, every single passing play had one read. Pre snap, the ball is going to one player. There's nobody else that's going like like on the Fulgham play on, on the one Rager play it could have gone somewhere else. But if you're getting this coverage to the isolated receiver, ball goes to him. Right, so everything is is completely babied. And then when Wentz either is given the ability to make decisions or because of broken plays has to make decisions, he is so bottled up. He is such a combustible substance that has yet to been given an opportunity to do anything that he makes decisions like throwing it to Jalen Rager into double coverage when he's got 10 yards in front of him, Jalen Smith on Boston Scott. And there's it's first and 10, right? Yeah. Which like... The throw was nuts, right? Like 45 yards on a rope on the move. Thing is a seed. Rager's calling for pass interference. So I don't know if Rager got held or something. Rager arguably could have gotten a hand on that ball. Like it wasn't outside of his reach, in my opinion. But all of this to say, don't throw that. <laughs> don't yeah. make, make a different decision. Second and 19, Carson Wentz play action. Uh, this is the first interception on, on, or the fumble, excuse me, on the first drive. Second and 19 after the sack. Play action when scrambles. There's nobody in the concept on his half of the field. He's trying to direct traffic. Then no wonder Peterson doesn't want to give Wentz the ability to choose anything. Wentz the ability to make any reads. He's untrustworthy. He doesn't deserve it. When the, yeah. when the ball is put in his hands, sometimes plays are amazing. That's what we've talked about. But sometimes they're absolutely dreadful. And against teams like the Cowboys, well, you get to get away with that. You get to turn over the ball four times and win by 14 points. Because they have absolutely no... There's a total shamble of an offense. Against teams like Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Against teams even like Cincinnati and Washington. You didn't get to get away with that. 
Because yep. those are, like, Cincinnati and Washington are barely functional teams. You did it against the Giants. You nearly didn't get away with it. You had a two-game-winning drive, Boston Scott touchdown to get away with that. Right? So the the coaching staff does not want to give the quarterback any any plays, anything that an actual veteran NFL quarterback should be able to do. And the quarterback does not know how to handle when he actually does get plays. And then he's also struggling with inaccuracy and the pressure's bad and the wide receivers are still struggling, whatever. So quarterback and play call have never been further apart. Bye week is a great opportunity to fix that. Is there any reason we should have faith in the coaching staff and, and Carson to do it? No. Why should we? Mm-hmm. eight weeks have gone through and, and they, they seem to have had a little bit of something against Pittsburgh and Baltimore and now they've lost it again. It's a totally new offensive coaching staff. Scangarello's concepts have not successfully gelled with anything. You know, uh, we don't know what Press Taylor is bringing to the mix here. There's no reason to have faith in this offensive coaching staff. So Eagles offense is probably going to look as herky-jerky, as discombobulated, as agonizing out of the bye week as it does coming into the bye week. Is there a chance? Yep. Yes. Because the extra two weeks gives you, you know, an opportunity to kind of like look at what you're doing and, and make some new decisions. But am I faithful? I'm not. Right. I, I totally would buy the fact that the Eagles come out of the bye and like a week and a half into it, we're like, okay, they're going to come out of the bye. They're going to figure some things out. It's going to be clean and whatnot. I have no idea. I have no idea because Carson Wentz goes 15 of 27, 123 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, lost a fumble as well in this one against a historically bad defense and we'll, we'll kind of go through the opening uh, script here and I want to hit on a couple of plays but like the opening to this game you could just tell this this was going to be like a pain in the butt you're expecting to cruise through this thing and like first Cowboys have the ball you get yourself in a good down and distance situation on the Cowboys first drive after after the Vinnie Curry sack it's third and 17 from the Eagles 44 they give a bunch of cushion they let Lyman get out into space against DBs for a 13 yard game boom 49 yard field goal for Greg the leg who nailed it Eagles get the ball. I mean, he had some weird ones. Legatron, baby. (laughs) Eagles get the ball. First run is 19 yards straight up the middle. I mean, the Cowboys' defensive tackles were nobody, nowhere to be found in in this one, and I have no idea who they are anyway at this juncture. Uh, Not a defensive tackle in the same zip code on that run. Next play, Jordan Mailata's set takes himself out of the play. Demarcus Lawrence blows by him for a sack. No help for him there. Uh, Next play, Mailata does better with it, but Carson Wentz just refuses to let the play die. And ends up putting the ball on the ground again, right? Cowboys recover. Now they get bailed out by Brandon Graham, who by the, like Brandon Graham is just playing at a, at a crazy level. You mentioned it last week. He's going to have double digit sacks this year. I truly hey, believe that one. he is. Yeah, not well, This yeah, is Brandon sure. Graham we're talking about. Nine point five is still very much in the realm of possibility. Right, he could have seventy five pressures and two sacks to finish it out. But they got the red zone strip sack. Uh, but I was already tilting ten minutes into this game because Carson's inability to avoid like the dumbest of plays and and like yeah, we always say like it's a double edged sword with Carson. Like it, it is what he is. But where is the limit to that? Like, is there no floor? To the stupidity, like what? Get rid of the freaking ball in that situation. And there was another one uh, bad early on that that was heavily talked about on Twitter. Where they come out of the huddle, it's it's fourth and three. Oh, they come out man. of the huddle with six seconds left on the play clock. Right? Yeah, they got the play call in with fifteen <laughs> seconds left, and it was yeah. clearly like, all right, this on to him. We're gonna check to this. How yeah. like? Wait, I'm screwed. Like they've not broken the huddle. I'm like they're gonna take a timeout. Take a timeout. Take a timeout. <laughs> I was yelling at the top of my lungs, calling for timeout. Yeah. How it's fourth and three. It's what? Where were they? I'm trying to remember. This, this is the second fumble drive. Okay, so it's 11.30 left in the second. Yeah. It's fourth and three. You have all three of your timeouts. It's seven to three. You're on the 44. If you get 
a touchdown on this drive, the game is over. You can cruise. The Cowboys can cruise. aren't scoring 11 more points. Cowboys scored nine. <laughs> Literally, but this is the, the coaching staff and, and quarterback, the kind of your, your whole nucleus here. Mm. Somebody's got to call the timeout. Somebody's either... got to say, right. Is, yeah. does, does the quarterback have the risk management to do it? No. Does the coaching <laughs> staff have the, the bead? On their offense to call it? No. Nope. So they rush to the line. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off from your narrative, but they rush to the line with six seconds left. It's a weird set. Carson immediately snaps it. He looks right to the flat route to the running back. The Cowboys have heavily, the two, they have two linebackers chasing it. He should get back to the middle of the field because that's where the linebacker's vacated. He goes all the way to the left. So he crosses the progression all the way from one side of his body to the other side of the body, which. Right. At, at first, I thought he looked at the middle of the field, but when I watched no. it again, he actually goes. All the way to the yep. isolation on the backside. Right. So he goes all the way right backside, which your progression never goes from I'm <laughs> all the way over here to I'm all the way over there. Especially when you saw the two linebackers chasing you to the You should flat. know to go to the middle of the field. Right. right. Now, <laughs> now the one guy who'd be left would be Leighton Van Der Esch, who's coming on the blitz. Right. But Carson doesn't know that he's coming on the blitz <laughs> because Carson didn't look to the middle of the field. Carson somehow skipped over two routes in his progression and goes to isolation Fulgham, which mm. this goes back to kind of what, you know, uh, what receivers do you trust? What receivers do you want to throw the ball to? Do you trust your quarterback to make decisions after the snap? So on and so forth. Because on top of all of this, Greg Ward is in, I, I believe it's Greg Ward, is in the middle of the field. Yes. Standing there. Standing there. Nobody around him with his arms by his sides. <laughs> Throw a tantrum, dude! Lose your mind! <laughs> Go nuts! You're wide open! Yeah. Like, this is receiver 101! Yeah. Go this crazy. is where Ertz is like, cars, 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 like yelling at him, you know what I mean? Like, where needs to be doing like, jumping like, jacks. Throw your body into yeah. Carson Wentz's vision, right? And and then, you know, and Lane Vanderich doesn't get picked up, and I'm not sure if he was free rush or if Boston Scott was just on the wrong side of, of Jason Kelsey for pass protection. I can't find I th- the clip right now. The slide is to the left because they had the shade to the left of Kelsey, so they're sliding left. They picked up guys like this. This is on Carson to know that I, I, I think he's hot on this. And, and Scott wasn't on that side, if I'm not mistaken. You, I mean, pass pro guys know more than me when it comes to this. But that was just my feeling. Right. No, it's empty. It's empty. And, and they could yeah. have gotten to it. But it's a tough look. They they twist the defensive tackles right in front of Van Der Esch. But yeah, Carson looks to the, the flat, doesn't want it. I do not know how the sit route is not the next round of the progression. But he turns <laughs> all the way to Fulgham, who I don't get this. I mean, it's probably also Rager. Who's in? It's because an unbalanced set. He's running the mesh across. They end up running this for the two point conversion after the Fulgham touchdown, and they get it to Rager. So it probably is Rager is Mm -hmm. the is the second look here, and then you work back to the mesh if they if they. Uh, if they exchange the routes and then the safety sprints down to Rager, then you can hit the, the sit route with Ward. But the fact that Ward is just standing in the middle of the field doing absolutely nothing <laughs> murders me. He hands by his sides, baby. Just like, all right, Carson's going to see me someplace. It's going to be good. It's going to be exciting. Oh, my God. So, right. Coaching staff failure, quarterback failure, wide receiver failure, protection failure. And that's how you get your quarterback absolutely plastered on fourth and three. Uh, so, right. A, another great example. There's the Jalen Hurts first and goal before the uh the touchdown to Rager so this is the second drive where all right this is your this is it's critical this is your first goal to go play so everybody on the sideline knows that this is the play because it's scripted this is you're you're at the top of your script here it's the second drive first goal to go play so there's I don't know how you don't know that this is coming and I don't know how you don't get the guys lined up quick enough that you take a delayed game penalty it ends up not impacting the Eagles but then let's fast forward to 
Third and six. This is the uh, uh, the second to last drive of the first half. It's great. It's third and six. The Cowboys have just taken a timeout. And what do the Eagles love to do? The first play in a new quarter. First play after a TV timeout. They love to run a trick play because you have yeah. time to set it up on the uh-huh. sideline. So the Eagles are like, all right, it's third and six. We're up seven to six. We've got multiple first downs on this drive. You know what would be good? Having Greg Ward attempt to pass, which we begged, Mike, uh, for all of 2019. Right. For Greg Ward to attempt to pass. Yep. They draft a quarterback at 53 overall who has the ability to potentially run and throw. And now they give Greg Ward the passing attempt? I was, I when was he's out of my no mind longer curious. the second best guy on the team to do it? Like, when now why? teams know to watch out for all the tricky tomfoolery, especially after a timeout, because they've done it for seven weeks? But this is it's this is what I was saying six. about <laughs> Just throw the ball <laughs> Every time they did a trick play with Hertz, it's like, oh Hertz could throw it. Yeah, Ward could throw it, and they would have to respect it if you actually threw it with them for once. Yeah. And now you want to pull it out. When you when it's not necessary, run, when it's overkill. Right. They did run a drop back passing play to Hertz, which it was on the uh, it was on the touchdown drive in the second in the second nine half. yards right yeah 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 just quick little you know read to Travis Fulgham a little stop route nine yards whatever which I was at the time calling for Jalen Hurts to get a whole drive so that was a little bit of a kick in the go because it was just yeah. right hey, screw you here's one which like okay great all the other Jalen Hurts snaps for this game were useless and bad they had mm-hmm. the the false start they had him as a a wide receiver for the, for the subsequent play afterward which i believe is like a an incomplete pass or a sack or something uh then they had a a run with him on the two point conversion which once again got stopped they have no no jalen hurts snaps are more likely to go poorly than not like and not only was he a pick at 53 and that was dumb but they also don't have successful plays with him out there yeah. so your your offensive coaching staff you know if we kind of do like a halfway through the season biggest winners biggest losers to me the number one biggest loser on this team is your offensive coaching staff they brought in new minds have woefully ruined their playbook right their playbook is just innards right now it's just half-baked <laughs> ideas from multiple families with no cohesion whatsoever yeah they don't they completely lack an offensive identity how do they get their vertical shots? When do they use their play action? The only thing we know about them is that they're like trick plays that don't work. Uh, you know, Which, so, so I guess the Cowboys, you didn't have to do. You just had to come out with a vanilla game right. plan and just execute the basic you it, stuff. You, just had, you, had, you had to throw Greg Ward on a slant on third and six. Right. Yep, that's it. It's just, it's so easy. Right. And <laughs> it's just like, come on. Yeah, I mean, right. They get Dallas Goddard back from injury. They throw him the ball twice. <laughs> you know, like it's just, uh, they have no offensive identity. They have... No cohesion in the in the minds that they've brought in, and they don't know how to respond to the unique in-game issues that they get from yes. their offensive line, from the receiving core, and particularly from their quarterback. So, uh, uh, fifteen offensive points against the Dallas Cowboys defense is a consummate and harrowing failure. Starts with Doug Peterson and trickles down to the rest of the staff. And, and I mean, we understand that that the coaching changes made, you know. Doug didn't necessarily want Grogue on and the people brought in whose decision was that again we talk about the power structure with the Eagles I have no idea who is making what calls exactly what I know is this nucleus of coaches this brain trust of coaches it's it's just not working out press Taylor Skagarello whatever it is it's it's not gelling right now and they came out with a poor game plan in this one and they failed to adjust throughout uh, let, let's hit on some uh, maybe maybe some different players around the offense here before we switch sides. We'll do a little plus minus with with Jalen Rager here because plus 
I did like the the red zone design that they had for him on on their first score. Nice use of his juice to bring him across the formation with a little pick, give him a confidence builder early. Like I'm all for that man. Like first career touchdown. He had a couple in this one. I hope there's more where that came from. Uh, minus it, it bugs me and it's weird. But Jalen and I mentioned this in the in the pre-draft process. Jalen Rager early in the game going out of bounds after the catch too easily was something that was all over his film for me when I watched his college yeah, film. I mean, like he. I don't. I I, I agree, but I don't like. He, what you gonna let? He's not gonna pick up any extra yardage. He is though. You coming? You coming downhill on a defensive back who's trying to who's trying to take an angle to you? The Cowboys have terrible angles to begin with. You can get three or four extra yards out of that. Three you or just four, lower your maybe one. Okay, please. Outside of just giving yourself up out of bounds, two yards in front of the I defender. Mean, like, I didn't what, like it. I what if like he's it. still really good when he's thirty-two? This is why. Oh, Minimizing boy. hits, baby. Longevity. Mike's making the worst face at me right now. Um, it just it just yeah. bugs me, man. Like he he could be so much more dynamic after the catch if he would just stay in bounds. The worst Rager thing to me was that Anthony Brown pass breakup on the fourth and eight deep shot. See that didn't bug me. That no, but if, me. if Rager get Rager doesn't catch that cleanly, he gets two palms on that, but one falls off. And if he gets oh, two palms okay. on that, he can survive the punch. I mean, maybe not because it was a good punch. I thought it was a great punch. He's much more likely to. He So he yeah. mishandles that football in the air, which okay. that was the thing for me with Rager was when he would get those deep vertical targets yes. at TCU, and he was constantly having to adjust to bad balls. Sometimes he had really nice catches, and sometimes he flubbed it. He also had a drop, and he was trying to make a move on a wide receiver screen, which he was about to get hit, so I don't blame him. Like, you're trying to move with that ball. That makes sense. If you catch that and you get hit immediately, you're losing yardage. So dropping yeah. it is like not the worst outcome. Um, but that, like on, on that Anthony Brown play, Wentz can put that thing over the shoulder. It's a tough catch because you got to drag your feet and basket catch it. It's difficult to do. Um, so puts that thing back shoulder. Rager has great elevation. That's, I think, the correct placement for that ball. Rager, yeah. If Rager secures that cleanly, he can survive the punch and potentially survive the ground with it. Okay. So that's that concern. But I mean, they... Found him with the schemed touches, which is nice. They yeah. have to continue finding him with the deep ball touches, i.e., you got to stop throwing the ball to John Hightower at this point. I mean, yeah. what are what you got rid of Nelson Aguilar to throw more to Nelson Aguilar? He can't find the football. The, the, the one the one that bugged me and the other one didn't we'll, we'll talk about those uh quickly on Rager that the tracking and the addressing the ball in the air that was something that bugged me about his 2018 film. You mentioned uh him in that process told me to go watch him. I watched him, and that was one of the issues from his 18 film that I came away with question marks from, the way he addressed the ball down the field. I thought he cleaned those up a little bit better in 2019, so it hadn't really been a concern for me, but I I see your point on that. As far as Hightower goes, the one along the left sideline, like Trayvon Diggs would have given up four touchdowns this game if the Eagles (laughs) receivers had done their (laughs) freaking job. Travis Falk (laughs) of murdering Trayvon Diggs was the funniest thing, because it, it, again, I'm sorry, I'm going to let you talk. It just serves yeah. as a reminder of how bad the other Eagles receivers are. That right. Fulgham's just like, single leg release, I'm open, and nobody else could do it to Diggs. It's just so yep. funny. The most basic stuff, and it's just pacer releases from uh, from Fulgham just to just to beat him and, and eat up his space and make him uncomfortable, and he, and he did a really good job of that all night. But when sticking with, with uh, Hightower, along the left sideline, he gets that deep ball. I'm like, brother, the ball's going to land in front of you. You got to move forward. Like, he's like pressing back as if like he's trying to create like a – and like no maintain – maintain a catch window mm-hmm. but the catch window is in the wrong spot yeah he didn't know where the ball was no nope. we, we've seen that multiple times with him and but the other one that i didn't it didn't really bug me 
was the shot to uh, Hightower where he had the post, and he was wide open against Diggs. Throw the ball to the middle of the field, and that's six, right? And people had said, like, oh, Hightower didn't track it well. It's the hardest catch for a receiver to have to track it over your head. He adjusted and over to your... it right away. He, right right yeah. away, he was like, this ball is not where it should be. And he tried to go get to it, but yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, people told tough. me it was the wind, which... Maybe, okay. but, like, way off, off target, right? Right, which, firstly, if there's open space... Just overthrow it to open space. You know what I mean? Like, like the first thing you do is avoid the interception. Yes. Put it in a place where only your receiver has a chance at it. Number two, if it's the wind, guess who's been throwing the ball in the wind for the past, you know, whatever, two quarters it was at the time of that interception? Carson Wentz is. We're, we're talking about, you know, hypothesizing here from the comfort of our couches whether or not it was the wind that led to this ball being inaccurate. When should be the one who knows what the wind is, and when should be the one to understand if that if the wind is really bad, if, if, if the stadium that's affecting it, you should know in warm-ups, then he shouldn't be putting that thing on a rainbow. He should be trying to drive that thing as best he can, which he then does with the Rager interception, and that's also picked off. And that was, you know, like we said, that could have been DPI, that could have been something else. So I I, I just don't... I, I think that those deep targets that Hightower is getting are going to have to start going to Rager. I think if if you really don't want to put Rager on those deep balls for whatever reason, because you really like him underneath, start giving him more more Travis shots. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the Dallas Goddard little stab concept slot fade is nice, but Fulgham right now is the absolute best thing you've got intermediate outside the numbers, outside the hashes. Continue to use it, and the Eagles used it with success this week. So that's I wrote about target distribution, Rager and, and, and Travis Fulgham earlier this week. I, I thought they were going to use Rager deep more. And then they did. I, I still think that's something we could see them do. But Fulgham's clearly the best thing you've got at wide receiver right now. So you should build the passing game around his strengths and have other people fill in the gaps, in my opinion. So there's a lot to, to unpack and figure out on the offensive side of the ball. And the Eagles have, uh, luckily, they have a bye week to try and figure it out. But like we said, I mean, how do you have any trust in the staff to figure it out? When we come back here on the Kissed and Solak Show, we'll talk about some uh, defensive players, I guess. And we'll also get to three words from the gentle listeners to see how furious they are about this. That's coming up next here on the Kissed and Solak Show. And we are back here on the Kissed and Solak Show episode, I think, 205. I didn't say it up top, but I think that's what it is. SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, bringing it to you. Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak talking about this Eagles 23-9 to quote-unquote win against the Dallas Cowboys. Ben, the Ben DiNucci sidearm throw is a, a thing of legend, and he showed it off tonight along the sideline. Only two people in the universe could make that throw. <laughs> ben DiNucci and God himself. What a performance. And I mentioned at the top of the show, but I can't believe it took, you know, Mike McCarthy even said, I was surprised with how much coverage the Eagles played. And it took them like three and a half quarters to finally just bring a doggone blitz that really just like send a heater at the guy. And he crapped inside of his own brain. And the Eagles end up getting a touchdown out of it, which was absurd because, like I said, <laughs> Vinny Curry was 1,000% down. Why? Why, when the Cowboys get, like, the most ludicrous fumble ruling against the Eagles, it's an extremely important high-leverage game and play in 2018 with the kickoff. And when the Eagles get that one, it's like, we don't even want it. We're like, no, 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 no. We, the Cowboys should cover, and this game is stupid, and we hate this. But yeah. shout-out Rodney. He got a touchdown. That's nice. Yeah, good for him. I thought a uh, great uh, Fletcher Cox game. He had five quarterback mm -hmm. hurries in this one. Uh, really dominated there. There was one where he had uh, Zach Martin. On a, on a sled that was really nice. Brandon Graham, as we mentioned, played really well. I thought Vinny Curry played well. So there were some uh, solid performances along the defensive line, but like really then you get into the secondary. I thought NRC had some issues as well. Uh, Slade was banged up. Like 
Jalen Mills is still kind of all over the place. But I mean, we look at the defense, man. Like, what what did you see? It was, it was hard for me to look past the, like the fact that the Eagles just weren't like dominating the way that I thought they would because they played so passive. I thought it was the wrong game plan by Jim Schwartz. Just yet again, they just didn't pay for it because it's it's Ben DiNucci. Well, yes and no. So Fletch said in the post game presser he gave to NBC right. that they came out in the first half and they just like didn't know what the offense was going to look like. And let's be honest, Mike. When we went over what we thought the Cowboys were going to do on offense with Ben DiNucci, none of us mentioned, okay, multiple Cedric Wilson quarterback snaps, double <laughs> reverse on the second play. The Cowboys were out there throwing the kitchen sink. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it was a scatter shot. We're going to try to find an explosive play out of nothing by just getting you guys in a bad look sort of a game plan. They did what I expected them to do in the first half. I didn't expect them to blitz Danucci heavily. I didn't think it was going to take until like three and a half quarters. Okay, but, like, but they, not did, even they half did blitz time. him in the first half. The mm. alarm didn't arrive. And that's because Danucci was throwing everything very, very quickly. And he continued to do so into the, the third quarter and the fourth quarter. They gave that cover zero look on which they got the eventual uh, scoop and score right. multiple times. A couple times they bailed out of it. And a couple times in the first and second, they blitzed out of it. And Danucci was able to get rid of the ball. On that instance of this one, firstly, they were able to bring one more than protection had. And secondly, they had the tight end on a pivot route. And if he were running a basic out, a curl, that didn't just get rid of the ball. You know what I mean? They, they had a route that took 0.5 extra seconds to develop and only had 0.25. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. Well, I mean, like the curls and stuff were open because they gave so much dog on cushion, even on like right. third and long situations, which like, man, just like play too high. And and get up. And but he, want, he wanted we to know. go in the box against Zeke, and like, yeah, uh, they they were very successful against the run until the third quarter when they stopped doing that because they lost Darius Slay, and right. when they lost Slay, they started to give more safety help to the corners, and that's when I thought they started to lose their box numbers. So I, I wasn't. I mean, like Mike gave up nine points in the first half, including on, what? Yeah, there were what two turnovers in the first half or three? I can't remember, but like again. So what? <laughs> like, it didn't have to be all this. Like, he, he didn't have to go for, he didn't have to pass for 180 yards on 40 attempts. Like, I know that's not, that's not much. How many of those like, came on the last drive? I don't know, man. 63. But like, Cowboys had the, had the lead at half. They didn't have to do much. They, they just the, gave everything to them. They had the lead at half. The Eagles gave them <laughs> a 35 or 25 yard uh, field on off of the fumble, which then Brandon Graham caused a strip sack off of that. Uh, the Eagles then gave them a 46-yard field off of the next fumble, and then they had the interception, and then they had the turnover on downs, which was at the Dallas 44. So, they, so they, did you well, – hold on. Let me give you one specific play, and let me ask you what you think. That third and 17 from the Eagles 44, I mentioned it before, where they get the 13-yard gain, right? And they just – they let the linemen get out, and, and you got linemen on DBs, right? And they're playing 10 yards off. Did you like that? Because I didn't. You could still you could go too high in that situation right. and get up in somebody's face. You you, know, that doesn't need to happen. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. made it easy for him. Right. You know what I like on third and 17. What's we're that, sending, sticks? We're sending seven. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I, screw I, it. I, 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 I've never liked a Jim Schwartz third and 10 plus game call, play call my entire life. I'm just saying. And I don't mind I don't mind the picket fence when you're in their territory. When you allow them to set up for an easy 49-yard field goal because you give them free yards, that's what pisses me off. I understand that. I, I I can't have complaints with the defensive game plan. I really can't. They had two field goals off of fum, off of turnovers for the Eagles. Mm -hmm. One a fumble and the other on downs. And then they had a field goal on the opening drive where they had like a 20-yard run on a double reverse, right? I mean, they had like, you know, they, they came up with the wacky game plan. They had Elliott running the Wildcat. 
They got a field goal out of that. The Eagles, they, I mean, like, did the Cowboys have any plays into the end zone? Besides, I mean, like, the last play was inside the 10. And right. then on the strip sack, they had gotten to what? The, they got first and goal at the four. And the Eagles had a tackle for loss. And it was second goal from the seven. Then bringing up as a strip sack. They didn't attempt to pass into the end zone. Like, to me, that's a good defensive outing. You, you, I mean, you're bringing up all this evidence in context, and I think it's stupid <laughs> because it's Ben DiNucci. <laughs> like, what do you want me to say? Like, yay, right. here's a cookie. Like, it didn't have to be – they could have been a more shutdown than this. It could have been more dominant, agree, in my I opinion. I mean, I just to me, like, this defense bailed the offense out three bajillion times, and that, that yeah. to me, was the main takeaway. They, they True. did not let Elliott beat them, which was my number one box to check. Mm-hmm. Yes, were they running 10 yards off coverage and letting Ben DiNucci throw looky screens to Michael Gallup for nine-yard pickups? Yes. Right. Does that yeah. drive me up the freaking wall? Yes. Do I understand why they were doing that? Yeah. yeah I mean, I does, it su- does it surprise you? No, not at all. No. Right. This, this makes sense. <laughs> Agree with you, big flash game. Uh, uh, nice to see. Like I-, I said in the pregame show, man, he always just seems to have Zach Martin's number. Could not tell you why. Yeah, but he's he's just he beats Zach Martin better than I think a lot of people beat Zach Martin. Um, Cowboys were four for sixteen on third down, so they were effective on third downs overall. When Duke Riley went down, you really or not Duke Riley, excuse me. When when Darius Slay went down, you really saw just how bad this corner room is. It's worth noting that the Eagles added Darius Slay, and then did absolutely jack all at their other corner positions. Ronald Darby leaves. Jalen Mills changes to safety, but he's basically still just playing corner. Avante Maddox is still here. They add Nickel Roby Coleman, who's not good. And then Russell Douglas, Ronald Darby, and, and Tony Jones all leave. The corner room is not better than it was last year. It has a better player than it did last year, but it's not overall better because there's more than one receiver on the field. Like, this is not yeah. hard math. Uh, so the Eagles can't you know, continue to not be able to cover wide receivers, and they're playing more man than they ever had before. Linebackers play was, was also bad. Um, yep. DJ Edwards got the quarterback hit the the sack the strip sack was tj edwards he had a tfl he led the team in tackles it's all very nice uh, he was not good in coverage multiple times you know the, mm-hmm. when they were playing zone in that third quarter and just kind of sitting there i mean like edwards Lost. was the nearest guy on every tight end target and he just doesn't know how to relate uh alex singleton missed multiple tackles duke Riley took some bad angles here to say the linebackers did not match we get better because nate gary wasn't there should they play nate gary over any of these guys no but they shouldn't play any of them over sean bradley either you know what i mean so let, you, know, you got to do something at that point um, and yeah, yeah. Speaking of linebackers, just real quick, the Jets did trade uh, Avery Williamson Avery, to the Steelers. Avery Williamson, yeah, to the to the Steelers for a uh, what was it? Pitt gave up their two, 2022 fifth rounder for the New York Jets 2022 seventh rounder. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers needed some help and depth. Devin Bush goes down and whatnot. Yeah, I'm actually relieved because I don't think Avery Williamson is uh, is any good, and I think that's uh, shown think in the, uh, the trade value. You know, would he have solved the Eagles' defense? No. No, but like not at all. No, no linebacker in the league is doing that. I wouldn't have hated it, but also they would have needed to extend him, right? He's on a contract here. Right, if yeah, I'm yeah. not mistaken. I think you're correct, yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, they end up with four sacks on the day. One for Vinny, one for BG, one for Cox, and then obviously the one for, for Edwards, the strip sack. I thought Brandon Graham was going to have a more productive night. Uh, uh, Josh Sweat. Yeah, jo- mm-hmm. right, yeah. Josh Sweat was also like getting a lot of rushes, and Danucci was doing a good ball, get good job getting rid of the ball. He was able to break the pocket a couple times. Four sacks, it feels weird to say that's a disappointment, but it kind of was a disappointment. Um, but yeah, defensive line did did a, a good job condensing the pocket, getting pressure before controlling the point of attack. Trenches were pretty solid for the Eagles on both sides. I will say the Eagles, they need to get Isaac Samalo back. Uh, Herbig and, and Pryor can move people in the passing, in the running game, for sure. Like when they're zone flow or, you know, as, as, 
uh, as Chris Collins would call them, duo blocks yeah, on what's which, inside zone. I have no idea what he's right. talking about. Um, <laughs> they can move people. They can really uproot guys. But Herbig was bad in pass protection again. And Pryor's no better. Um, they need to get Sam all back. And they need to get Jason Peters a freaking guard. Um, yep, so yeah, Darius Slay's injury is now, you know, Darius Slay and Malik Jackson, two of probably the three best, if not maybe top four defenders for the Eagles. Both sure. go down with injury. If either misses multiple time, it would be exactly as is expected. Why not? Right? Just, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Sounds great. So let, let's go to three words from the gentle listeners. And if you're new to the show every week from at BGN underscore radio on Twitter, we ask for your three words after the game to describe how you feel about this game. Uh, first one, I'm going to need a ruling on this one, Ben, as we often do. At Take It Sleazy with underscores in the middle there. His username is My Whole Life is Thunder, which that sounds pretty dope. Uh, he says, and I need to know if this is three words. He says, both franchises need to write letters of apology to the NBC, the NFL, their respective <laughs> fans, and the, the global football community for that monstrosity. Both teams should also be arrested for crimes against football, except for Fulgham, who can do no wrong. I agree with him. I'm not sure that's three words. Probably not going to read it on here again uh, unless you give them. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's a no. Uh, Crane at Crane J311 says, Ken Hurts throw. Here's the thing. I would love to find out. I don't think he can. We're going to figure it out if Wentz continues yeah, to have where, these. Okay. So Peterson <laughs> said there was no conversation about benching, benching Wentz. Which was dumb. You How drafted you not- Hurts at 53. How do you not have that conversation? And I know you're tied to Wentz, right? We talk about it right. all the time. You can't move on from Wentz in the next right. couple of so, years. Yeah, it's just you, not you, obviously, I think long term, it's all about making Wentz good, which is why the Hurts pick didn't make any sense. But anyway, you have Hurts. But if it's bad enough, right. maybe right. you have okay, to hit the if reset it's bad button. Enough, okay, if it's bad enough. You still have to win games. The, oh, so the Eagles had drive ending with a fumble. Then they had the touchdown. Now they're drive ending with a fumble. By the way, both of those fumbles were Carson. Obviously, the second one was on fourth down, but whatever. Punt, interception, turnover on downs, interception. So that's right. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight drives, six of which end in some sort of turnover. And can we call it the the, the Trayvon Diggs litmus test? Because if you're throwing two picks to Trayvon Diggs, right, who is yeah, objectively yeah. horrible. Right. The Cowboys had three total takeaways on the year, and Carson Wentz gave them the ball four times. And we're not right. counting... The turnover on downs, which was the uh, incomplete pass Travis Fulgham, who was probably held, whatever. If that's not bad enough to get Hurts on the field, what is? Honestly. What is he going to have to do? If, if, if Wentz, I really feel like they should have had that conversation, but when Wentz comes out in the second half and they have a scoring driver, or it just like plays better, okay, cool, give him a little bit more slack. But there was a point where all of us were ready to put Jalen Hurts in, and the fact mm-hmm. that that conversation doesn't happen and maybe he's lying right maybe he's protecting Wentz I get that I'm totally fine with that as opposed to like the Adam Gase approach of throwing literally every player under the bus for your own incompetence and trying to make yourself look good okay fine but if you don't take this bye week and build build the mini offense for Jalen Hurts that you think that you can execute and possibly move they the could offense have against with, this defense they could have walked out with Hurts and ran right Ran, ran, they would not throw the ball zero times and they could have right. scored, had a touchdown drive. It's what I said, like it, it, before the half, I'm like, this is a perfect time for seven runs. You call three timeouts. You're going to take easy field goal chip range. Jake Elliott can miss the field goal. I can tweet out the dead cap. If you have to cut them, I can get some dopamine and I can actually get something out of this stupid mess for me personally, because it, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about me. But like you said, 
We, we talked about just a vanilla offense will do a lot against this defense, and they could have done that with Hurts. And I think they need to build something, like I said, a mini offense for Hurts in the event that Carson Wentz, and it's not that unlikely has or unheard of. Five turnovers in eight, in eight drives. Right. If he, if he turns the ball over three times and a half, how can you continue to justify to trot that out there? I mean, I get you. Are you are you coaching for your job? Is Howie Roseman, you know, GMing for his job? Are they on the hot seat? Because to me, they kind of should be at this point. If they can't really take care of this division, when you look around the division, you still have your quarterback, right? And you have a guy that you invested a second round pick in who should be able to step in and play if your quarterback is not performing. They need to have something for Jalen Hurts coming out of the bye. That's that's all I'm saying. And if it and if it's only a drive, and you say we're going to give him a drive, and if he goes down and scores, then put him in for another one. But if he doesn't, you know, we'll put Wentz back in. Whatever. They just need to have a backup plan because they cannot continue to do this with this up and down Wentz crap, man. Like like I said, they coddle him so much, and the fact that that conversation, if it really didn't happen, that's abysmal. What are you What are you right. doing? What, what exactly? What more do you need? You're losing to Dallas at half, and you didn't have that conversation. Right. Are you out of your minds? Kurt underscore BSH, uh, who's uh, he's one of the writers for Broad Street Hockey, which is the SBN site for the Flyers. I mean, comma what? Yeah, <laughs> with you. Uh, yep. Awful game, but I'll be positive. This is from b123.com at b1231. I wonder where that website goes. Um, also, <laughs> don't preamble with five words, six words, and then put your three words. That's nine words. We'll never read it. Uh, Fulgham, Rager, Ward are his three words. Greg Ward had three catches for 10 yards. I know I get yelled right. at when I say this, but he's not very good. Right. He's, he's a, nothing special. He's like, a, and, and great for him, right? Converted, you know, quarter, quarterback, you know, in college, yeah. and then comes a wide receiver, has to learn a whole new position and whatnot. But, right. like, I think we're at this, we're at the ceiling, folks. Is he and a it's great just guy okay. to have on your practice squad to be a slot separator for you in the event of injury? Yes. Was he that in 2019? Yes. Is he currently like on his sixth game starting in 2020? Yeah. And Hightower is not taking out a spot. And Quez Watkins is not taking out a spot. And DJ Ortega White is not taking out a spot. And he's not, he's mm. not very good. So yeah. Rager and Fulgham, I'm with you. <laughs> I think yeah. those two are, are good, good setup. Fulgham, man. Thank God for Travis Fulgham. But I, oh. I don't get it with, uh, with Greg Ward. So I mean, like, I, I know I get yelled at whenever I say that. Look, I, I'm sure he makes killer margaritas at parties, yep. but, you know, Chris I need to taste them for myself. Jerzy McCrossin at C Turbo Addict. Uh, F3 words. Can we not talk about the problems there are with Wentz? I appreciate the honesty of the BGN crew at Michael Christian NFL at Benjamin Solak, but there are issues here. Wentz and these interceptions are ridiculous. That's not play calling. That's not Jim Schwartz. Chris, to answer your question, can we not talk about the problems there are with Wentz? No, we cannot because that was too many words. Let's go to, uh, let's see, by, uh, by, I always mess up his name. Byronic Gyro. Yeah, now Byronic I remember Gyro. It. Yeah, at Byronic Gyro number one, longtime listener. Love him. Toilet Bowl champs for his three words. And yeah, like this, this does not feel like a win. I do not feel good about this team. I mean, the, the play that for me summed up this entire game, and Ben, you may have a separate one of your own. But when the Cowboys said, screw it, we'll gift you two points. We'll we'll throw it over the head <laughs> of our punter. <laughs> and then they come out and do like the quote unquote onside kick where they literally just Kick it straight up into the right. air. And the plan was like, the plan was killing Greg Ward. Wherever it is, you got to go get it. <laughs> and he doesn't because he gets caught in traffic. And this is 40 yards away. <laughs> n- right. Yeah, way too far away. Nobody feels this thing. The co- I think the Cowboys like had four people that touched it before an Eagles player touched it. Right. They're in the dog pile for like two minutes. And I'm just like this. If, if, if you just like run this dog pile on loop 
for like four hours. This is basically what right. we just watched. My favorite play was the so they get the third down run from Ezekiel Elliott. They spot the ball. He's two chain links short, right? Like, <laughs> right. He's so short. He's so yeah. close, but he's short. And then they go for it on fourth and one. And obviously what happens is the center picks up the ball and then he like goes to like put it where he's going to snap it from. So the ball moves forward like at the snap, like before the snap, right? Where the center's holding it is not where the refs put it. But the ball, like they run the sneak and Danucci clearly does not get past the initial line of scrimmage. And they just put the ball back where they put it last time. And then they measure it again. And this time it's like happens to be an inch forward. And yes. on that fourth down, the lines, you know, surge into one another. Janucci goes to stu- to sneak. He gets stuffed. And Jalen Mills starts wildly gesticulating, you know, Eagles ball, turnover on downs. While Danucci is like still trying to push the pile forward. The play has not been whistled dead. The, no, he's not actively being tackled. Mills just behind the line of scrimmage celebrating. Yep. The guy has the ball behind you. <laughs> Brother, he commits to that like the Chargers commit to blowing 17 yeah. point, pl- uh, point leads. <laughs> it's um, amazing. My last three yeah. words. Uh, all right, no, last couple. Max at Dos Equis. Uh, Dos with a zero. Simplify the playbook. It cannot get simpler. Yeah, it can't. Yeah, it really can't. I, I hear you. The playbook <laughs> needs going over, but they. I, I don't know how you get simpler than this. Elliot Beachman at the Jake Evans X, who's a longtime listener. Uh, mm. cool still so cool. sell. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Corey Zeno at Corey Zeno, bleeding eyes nation. Clever. Um, and then there was one more. Jason at. Oh wait, that's not three words. I'm not reading that one. Never mind. Jason, <laughs> figure it out, buddy. Follow the rules, man. <laughs> I think I know which one you're talking about too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is actually one that that we aren't reading out. So suck it. We're unpredictable. Ben. That, that's going to do it for this recap of the Eagles, quote-unquote, win over the Dallas Cowboys. It keeps them first in the NFC East. We got a bye week, and man, I am I'm so thankful to be able to put this one behind us to be done with it and not think about the Eagles. Of course, we're going to have you covered here at BGN, but like really just to like not critically think about like the next opponent coming up for the Eagles and just enjoy some doggone NFL football the next weekend coming up. I was really thankful that this was actually the night game for a while because I got to enjoy the 1 o'clock games, the 4 o'clock games, which were actually fun. This was abysmal, but we thank you for joining us here on the Kiss and Solak show to uh, wallow in the, the pit of despair. Ben, go ahead and say goodbye to the gentle gentle listeners yeah thank you as always for listening to the kiss and so like show here on bgn radio we appreciate you spending the late night or perhaps the early monday morning with us uh, for whatever reason you've decided <laughs> to relive that game it puts money in our pocket so if it's just Bless out of straight you. loyalty to us thanks uh yeah, and if it's for it. some other reason you should speak with a mental health professional the eagles 23 to 9 Double-digit victory statement win season-defining game over the Dallas Cowboys. They now look into their bye week before uh, facing the Giants in New York in week nine. but Or week ten. Week ten. So for now, uh, bye week. The We will have coverage of everything Eagles-related, especially trade deadline news, over the next two days here on BGN Radio and on BleedingGreenNation.com. And we will still have programming for you through the bye week and into the Giants week of preparation. So if you like the show... Please rate, review, and subscribe. Listen to all of our post-game and trade deadline podcasts from all of the various talented co-hosts on the feed. And catch all of our written work as well at BleedingGreenNation.com. He's Michael Kist on Twitter, at MichaelKistNFL, it's K-I-S-T. 
I don't know why I didn't breathe. I should have breathed. <laughs> Benjamin Zolak onto that. Benjamin Zolak. That's S O L A K. Three, four, one. Never felt so freaking disgusting. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we all we got. We all we need. Fly Eagles Fly. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.